What's the best way? How's the best way you can explain SEC spring meetings? I would say it's sort of a toned down SEC media days. There's no TV presence there. I mean, you've had some of the coaches and athletic directors, presidents gone. Paul Feinbaum. That's a, a about you know the the biggest TV presence there. I mean, it's essentially a bunch of meetings, and the media gets to either linger outside the room where these meetings are happening and maybe grab some people afterwards. Or the first day was really the most sort of structured, segmented as far as media goes, where you had several coaches who had times, had about 15 minutes to have a chance to talk. So as you mentioned, Ferg, we talked to Hugh Freeze for about 15 minutes, Kirby Smart, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, Nick Saban. It really wasn't everybody. Um, but yeah, it's, it's honestly a whole lot of sitting around and waiting, um, just hoping some people will uh, talk to you when they get out of these meetings. And then really at the end of every day, it's sort of been a, a state of the uh, meeting day uh, from Greg Sankey. He's answered questions for about 30 minutes um, through uh, uh, basically the halfway point of SEC spring meetings, answer a lot of questions just about the conversations going on, um, some of the hot topics like the uh, future conference schedule, NIL, uh, you know, uh, some of the other things that uh, have been at the forefront, uh, tampering when it comes to the transfer portal, uh, field rushing has been a big conversation, mm-hmm. what they could do to maybe uh, taper that a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, comparing it to like SEC media days, it's not quite as much like glitz and glamour. Um, it's all about kind of being in the right place at the right time to grab some people. And to this point in spring meetings, there's not been a ton. Now, um, as we record this, there's still two more days and maybe things will kind of get ramped up. Um, but it's kind of been, been uh, more on the low-key side of things so far. The big news that we've heard, or maybe the lack of news uh, is the better way to put it, is is the debate that continues to go on between what happens to the SEC football schedule once Oklahoma and Texas join the league uh, in, uh, next next year. Um, as it stands right now, they haven't made a decision, and the reporting that's come out this week, and Jordan, you've been down here, it doesn't sound like they're getting any closer to making a decision. Is is you know They might kick the can down the road again, which is what they did last year. Is, is that kind of the census? But again, we're at the halfway point of spring meetings when we're recording this. Uh, on Wednesday night, but uh, it kind of feels like they're they're gonna they're gonna uh, run the clock down again. Yeah, I think that's a really fair assessment just based on what we've heard. Um, you know, it, it's been funny since the opening uh, period of uh, spring meetings. Craig Sankey has com- continued to make comparisons of like landing the plane. We want to land the plane. And a lot of the questions that he's gotten have been around that metaphor of like, all right, how much fuel does this plane have? And like, what's the runway situation? And he's tried to talk around that. I think they're, you know, if we're talking about the the plane situation, I think they're just kind of hanging up in the air and just circling the airport. Everything that I've heard, I'm of the belief that what's going to happen is what uh, Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger reported earlier in the week, that they are going to kind of kick the can and say, all right, we're going to stick with eight game for the first season with Oklahoma and Texas and then try to revisit it. And there's a number of reasons why um, that they're probably going to go that route. Uh, I think the biggest thing is the money, you know, with the deal they've got with ESPN. Obviously, when they agreed to that deal, they didn't know that Texas and Oklahoma were coming. Uh, Greg Sankey's tried to talk sort of around that and be like, well, money's not the biggest factor, but I mean, let's be honest, that's a big factor in some of these decisions. Um, thought it was really interesting 
uh, during the Wednesday session, Greg Byrne, Alabama's athletic director, was asked if they have all the information they need as far as making a decision, um, especially like the athletic directors, and he said no. And a big part of that, I think, is that ESPN factor. A big part of it, too, that some of the coaches, I think even Hugh Freeze mentioned this during his time uh, with the media on Tuesday, was how does the college football playoff, once it expands to 12 teams, how does that sort of factor in? You know, if you're adding a ninth conference game, that is a little bit risky in terms of the SEC, and we know the competition. And, you know, maybe if you play an extra game, does that knock out an additional SEC team that could factor in uh, to the playoff? So just based on everything I've seen to this point, I think they're going to basically just say, all right, we're going to try to revisit this later on. Uh, I think they should go ahead and get this thing wrapped up. Uh, I'm of the belief that the nine-game schedule is the way to go, go in the 3-6 model, having those three permanent opponents. Uh, but they don't uh, They don't ask my opinion. Uh, I just sit in those rooms and, and uh, take notes and ask a few questions along the way. Jordan, I'm, I'm glad you referenced the Ross Dellinger report because I thought there were a couple of interesting figures from uh, his writing. The, the idea that the extra week of conference games, those eight games could be worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to $90 million, according to some uh, SEC athletic directors. That would be in total, about $5 million per school is, is what they want uh, the broadcast partner ESPN to fork over uh, in, in, in exchange for that extra week. There are some folks in the league who believe that the SEC should be proactive and schedule that extra week of conference games, even without a guarantee from ESPN. How much of this feels like brinksmanship and, and negotiation with the, the broadcast network? And how much of it seems like genuine resistance within the conference to adding an extra game for competition reasons? I think that it's sort of multifaceted. And I think you would probably ask different athletic directors, you know, some of the coaches, and they may give you different answers. I mean, I think a big factor is sort of that ESPN piece of it and the money that goes into it. I think the deal was like a 10-year, $3 billion deal. And uh, like you were just saying, Dan, that's a huge chunk of change when it comes to those extra games. Um, You know, it's funny just what we've seen and how this has sort of played out. Um, You know, a lot of people have really kind of played their cards uh, close to their vest, not wanting to say a whole lot. And the very first coach we talked to, Eli Drinkwitz, this, this still just really fascinates me. Uh, he was the first to go up, and he was basically like, yeah, I think we need to go to a nine-game schedule. And you think about a team like Missouri, I feel like that would be someone, if you're acting in the best interest of Missouri, you'd say, no, we need to stick to eight. Uh, Could we maybe drop it to seven? Uh, Because, you know, they want to try to make bowl games and things like that. But it, it really struck me that I felt like Eli, and, you know, I think that this is, worth pointing out too that he's not on the the most solid ground at missouri um no. you know yeah you know if you're trying to play uh extra games it could really put his job in jeopardy but um you know i, I think at the end of the day what the sec really needs is for everyone involved and you know the coaches don't get a vote i believe it's athletic directors and the chancellors and the presidents that ultimately will have a say in how this goes but you know you have to kind of look beyond uh, what it looks like right now and how beneficial it is for you personally and think about the product i mean i, I think and two you know i'm sure at some point we're going to talk about the real threat of georgia auburn not continuing mm-hmm. um, is, is that good for anybody and i would argue that it's not and i don't think anyone 
who would argue otherwise, I believe is being disingenuous. I mean, I think that the SEC and what makes it so popular are rivalries like that. Uh, I just hope when it comes to making a decision, one, I would rather they go ahead and make it this week just based on the information they have. Yeah. But two, if they're not going to make a decision, uh, you know, just just keep in mind what needs to – what's the most important for the conference and, and trying to put, um, you know, your own self-interest, your school's self-interest sort of the side and seeing the bigger, bigger picture of what's at stake and, and what you want this conference to be 10, 15, 20 years down the line. So let's talk Auburn, Georgia, and, and just the threat of that, because that was something that was approached by both, like, was asked about to both Hugh Freeze and uh, Kirby Smart 